This is the Time Travellers. It's a new smorgasbord show. I'm P.D. Gaskell. Join me and my faithful travelling companions, Andy Johannesson, Cowan Forward and Dr. Andrew Corvero, as we traverse the entirety of Doctor Who from 1963 right through to the present day and quite possibly the future. This is a time travel show after all. And we want you there for the entire ride. So, settle in, buckle up, activate your screwdriver, press the switch on the TARDIS, and see where you end up. This is the Time Travelers. Hello, and welcome back to the Time Travelers. I'm Pete DeGaskell, joined, as ever, by my faithful companions, Dr. Andrew Corvero, Carolyn Forward, and Andy Johannesson. Hello, guys. Hi. Hello. How are you feeling? Ready. Whoa. Feeling ready? That's a lot of excitement, uh, considering we're doing the sensor I've had to psych myself up. <laughs> You're very good at lying through the skin of your teeth, aren't you? You really are. <laughs> um, well, who knows? Maybe, maybe since they're actually going to explore the sensorite society a little bit more, maybe it will be a little bit better than the first three episodes. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, as we said, we're halfway through the sensorites as we're closing on the end of season one of the original Doctor Who, um, and. Well, we have been on a good run of stories up to this point, but. I think the general mood is slightly more negative concerning this one so far, wouldn't you say, guys? Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Mm. Anything in particular that makes you go, oh, why? Why? I think that in the first episode there was a lot of mm, pseudo, you know, they, they, they tried to make us think that things were tense, and there was suspense or something, but since the writing wasn't very good, and the effects were terrible. Yeah, it didn't really work. <laughs> no. Also, what doesn't help is uh, is what the aliens, the sensorites, the titular sensorites, should say, look like. With it, I mean, we praise the masks that they wear, that sort of a head thing, but everything else is they wear the blandest of bland jumpsuits and also have huge flipper feet, don't they? Which are unintentionally ridiculous. Um. And we've got Just a lot that of them. reveal, yes. that reveal <laughs> when the alien like came up to the window was yes. ridiculous. I like the bit where they opened the door and it panned up from the feet. And like, oh no, <laughs> it is gonna suck. Um, yeah, it's it's not been one of the most interesting stories so far. Um, we're halfway through. Uh, at the end of part three, we're now on the planet of the sense rights, the sense sphere, and uh, there's, there's all these, these groups of sense rights all at the same, but apparently there's the government like the Doctor and the humans, etc, and these rebels don't. There's also been a disease, and there's some poison water, which Ian has just drunk, because Ian is Ian, <laughs> and uh, I believe the cliffhanger is him falling down and virtually dying. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's true or if this is just a fever dream, but I, I believe that's where we picked it up from last week. So. Yeah, it, it looks a little, a little bit like you know the politics talk that happened in the old, in the new uh, 
uh, in the sequel, in the Star Wars sequels, you oh, know, all the prequels yeah. of Phantom Menace and that sort Pre- of thing. Oh, please, yeah. please don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's a horrible comparison to make for both parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the, the Star Wars prequels are probably worse, but this one is. We're only halfway through this. Better, so better. It's not incredibly better so far. Usually, so. we have a good setup and the payoff. Is, is quite weak. So far I've had a terrible setup. So let's just hope that this one books a trend and that the second half of the story is much improved as we begin part four, which is a race against death. Is that a race against our own death? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. <laughs> it's only 24 minutes, but I'm going to bet anything it'll feel like an hour. <laughs> Okay, the most entertaining thing is going to be the title sequence, isn't it? Yeah, I'm in. I'm eating a bounty, so. Oh. Isn't he the only person that took a drink from the water that's been poisoned? It's super obvious, isn't it? Yes. It is super obvious. Ian drank that water on his own. Um... Did she just <laughs> say that we came on the spaceship together? Apparently so. Yeah. Okay. Why? I've forgotten which sensor rights have a bad sensor rights. <laughs> I, I think they're the one with double strikes. No, 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 no. The one with double seat belts with counselor, isn't he? He's 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 a good guy. Yeah, I think the one with the only one one seat belt is the good guy. I'd love it if the doctor just keeled over after taking a bit of that water as well. <laughs> And I, I think that's okay. fucking chloride. Yep. Oh. oh, salt. I just hate the fact that their beards are like combed forward from their chin. <laughs> yes. So weird. Oh, I've forgotten about this guy who was sort of taken over by the sensor rights and he's now having a, a, a insane perm. <laughs> Did he say Testerton? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he said Ian Testerton. <laughs> also, also, is this the you know the smoking sensorite or something like that? I have that? no idea. This what this one has got advanced emphysema, hasn't? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong about water supply. It's these shitty Benson hedges. I just walked seven miles today. It's distracting me, but every time he speaks, his nose, the sensor rat's nose, is bulbous and keeps flapping. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's so distracting now. <laughs> At least he's being the doctor now. Hartnell is definitely the doctor. He's basically yeah. slapping and punching them, though, just by shouting. I love it. I also like that Susan is behaving in a much more mature way. So. For now. For now. But yes, it's actually got a point yeah, to the narrative. Clearly this writer's dug into the alien side of her quite well. Wow, the sense writers are one of those clocks that everyone had in an 80s living room, don't they? On the, on the wall. Or else it looked like a sunburst. 60s, maybe? Maybe even, yes. <laughs> I think the sense writers were the originators of those clocks. We only got into fashion over here 20 years later. 
Oh my goodness, is this where the Hunger Games got the whole description I was just from? thinking that, yes. <laughs> is this like an early version of the Hunger Games? Two sensorites from every district. <laughs> <laughs> Swap oh, sashes oh. and find out <laughs> who gets voted for champion. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's a shopping list of districts. <laughs> is he writing vegetables? <laughs> I think it's negative. Oh, you look like vegetable. <laughs> First district, severe problems. No. <laughs> negative. <laughs> no, not my sash. You've taken my identity. <laughs> How can you, can people tell you apart? Long as this civilization been running for. To, for this to be the first time someone's ever thought about doing this. <laughs> also, they have different voices, so... Yes. Yeah. yeah. But we're stupid racist humans and we can't tell the difference between them. <laughs> I still can't get over the feet. No. <laughs> Neither can they, that's why they keep flopping around. <laughs> How has he changed his voice? It's ventriloquism, darling. It's fine. Ian's just gonna lick it <laughs> off the floor, isn't he? <laughs> As I see, he's done more demeaning things already. As in, basically, the entirety of the episode about when they were stuck in the targets. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> or indeed, wearing a bird on his head in the Aztecs. <laughs> <laughs> think you're a fool. <laughs> I assure you seems to be like one of his catchphrases. It is. Seemingly. <laughs> and now he's a madman talking to himself. Yes. He seems to enjoy that, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. I think I will do that. Ooh. Easy. Ian wants to go going over. <laughs> that must have been Barbara. Where is Barbara, by the way? She's up on the ship, isn't she? But I think that's a convenient excuse to give Jacqueline Hill a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! So this is going to be the cliffhanger, is it? Not the best one, I, I say. You don't think that's the best cliffhanger we've ever had? <laughs> no, I, I probably don't think so. <laughs> oh dear. Um... <laughs> <laughs> It look, almost looked like, you know, there was something in the pipes making the noise. I think it, that's the explanation. Probably. It sounded like the doctor just had an attack of indigestion. Really. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Um, uh, I, I suppose it, it wasn't incredibly dull stuff happened. What do we think, guys? Yeah, sure. <laughs> That was a very weak, um, <laughs> yes, uh, Cohen. <laughs> I mean, like, oftentimes when I'm discussing movies on my other podcast, we'll just be like, eh, it's a movie. And I feel like, eh, it was an episode. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that works. It's, yes, we didn't learn too much more than we already did. I think, I'm glad to see, I think the Doctor's sort of become the lead now, hasn't he? The Doctor is definitely doing Doctorish stuff now. He's not just yeah. standing in the background letting Ian be the idiot that he is. <laughs> the doctor's tended to take over. I mean, 
I, I actually enjoyed seeing Hartnell there. Everything else was just utter bilge, but um, Hartnell was good. I like Hartnell. Also, also there, you know, it has to be said that Susan is actually growing as a character, hopefully. She's been well, she was well written in the Aztecs, wasn't she? And and she's been written differently here, much more alien here, hasn't she? Rather than child, which is which better. is good, I think. It's better. I wish mean, she's so. not really had anything to do, but <laughs> it's still better. I'd rather that and her work around in the background, but be mysterious and a bit weird, rather than scream and wail and cry and fling herself around and attack a bed with scissors. Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, the sensor rights are just... Yeah. Yeah, they remind me more and more about the, you know, the Star Trek prequels. Yeah. Star Wars, <laughs> I, I keep... yeah. The Star Wars, yes, yeah, sorry. The Star Wars prequels. Mm. Yeah, I keep place. expecting, you know, Jar Jar Binks to pop up. Well, you'll be out of place. Yeah, that feeling was strong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's aliens arguing over nothing at all, isn't it? I mean, I don't even know. I think just... Their arguments are extremely weak, and it's just a lot of them arguing. And then the silliness of the sashes being the only way for anyone to tell them apart, even their own race to tell them apart. It's yeah, that was stupid. Madness. It's madness. Um, I'm very close to losing a thread of this completely. <laughs> and then we have a cliffhanger where the doctor had a bit of a rumbly tummy, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It might actually be monsters down there, although I have a horrible feeling it's going to be like a, a, a tape recorder or something. Um, I, theory, I think it's just the pipes of the aqueduct. Yes. <laughs> just someone's had a bit of a flush and it's just gone down and it's, it's, it's yeah, caused exactly. a bit of a. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> although the doctor wading through someone's uh, waste products is not an image I particularly wanted tonight, but we'll, 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 we'll go with that. Um. Yes, that was episode four with a wonderful title, The Race Against Death. With unfortunately, episode five was a much blander title, which is simply Kidnap. Have we actually had a one word title before? I'm not sure we have. I'm not sure either. We usually have a, a something for something, but we've not had any of those in this particular story. Um, this is that just, is a okay. Yeah. This is, this is just Kidnap. So. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say someone's going to be kidnapped here, and probably the Doctor. You think? Well, who else would it be? <laughs> I don't know. Susan? Barbara, potentially, seeing she's not been in it. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, are we ready to go, guys? Yep, let's get it. Yep. Get it done. Come on. <laughs> yes. We're only two episodes from the end. I know. <laughs> right. Let's call it, guys. What is this cliffhanger? What is the thing rumbling in the dark? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, another sensorite, maybe? Maybe. Water, perhaps? It sounds like someone's farting. <laughs> <laughs> it's been ripped to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful when indigestion strikes, children. This is a result. <laughs> also, how how can Ian now is completely fine? He's totally fine again. God knows. <laughs> Extreme sound. Extreme sound. I'm sure that's on the advertisement for IMAX, isn't it? 
Extreme sound. <laughs> Is someone sneezing? Yeah, my dad. I, I didn't say, know if that was on the show. Or or, oh. No, that's my dad. He's about like three floors away from me right now, oh but that's goodness. how loud he sneezes. That's a great sneeze. Wow. I don't know. It's a sort of it's a sort of um, amateurish thing I expect to be in the show at this point. <laughs> He's doing it again. My dad can only sneeze in threes. Wow. Oh, my mum sneezes in sevens. It's awful. Whoa. Yeah. That's impressive. I thought the threes were bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't you just shout everything and then they're not a danger at all? Yes. I don't know, I think it's trying to imitate oh, some kind oh. of... <gasps> it is a sense of right. I thought they were scared of the dark. Well, no, I think they went to find... I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to not even attempt to explain it anymore. Is that actual science or utter bollocks? Because I think it's utter bollocks. I agree, it's utter bollocks. <laughs> 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 this is what an eyelid is. <laughs> These shutters over my eyes... <laughs> Aqueduct. Aqueduct. <laughs> Aren't all ducks aqueducts? I was going to say, isn't that a normal duck? Yes. <laughs> oh. Imprison me in the noise room. <laughs> the dark noise room. <laughs> yeah, supposedly, uh, disco is probably the best way to talk to the sense of Remember your family group. Somehow adding the word group totally like diminishes yeah. I think it's supposed to bring sort of coactive, like a sort of Borg esque mentality to proceedings. It really doesn't, does it? No. Just it ruins all sentimentality, that's for sure. Sort of suburban household of four people, isn't it? <laughs> I swear he said the first dildos are in. <laughs> <laughs> And there it is. He's holding it. Yes. Oh, oh bending it. <laughs> no, not the first dildo. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's broken. It's broken, the sacred first dildo. <laughs> I know even the sense rights are fluffing their lines now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think everyone is just... Not caring this episode. Yep. You were awful. It's <laughs> just awful. <laughs> you were a terrible actor. <laughs> Stop saying spaceship. It's a TARDIS. I don't know why it aggravates me well, so much. To be fair, the, well, the TARDIS no, is are on a spaceship. spaceship aren't they? The TARDIS they're, is they're on a spaceship, oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That bothers me less. Come then. on, reel your neck in, Caroline. <laughs> I just I feel like she sounds ridiculous when she says spaceship. I don't know, but that makes sense to me now. What? That's like four forks stuck together, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Can you separate these forks for me? <laughs> I need to eat a steak. Why do we want Barbara to be down here? What can Barbara do that they can't? I don't know. I think they just want to set up that she's going to come back in this episode. Oh, let's have a look, see what these are. 
probably a gonna spork. be knives. Yeah. <laughs> Why did he say that off screen? That just felt really weird. Yes. I think that's the director's fault. It should be a. a it should be the entire um, thing, but he's, he's zoomed in too far, hasn't he? <laughs> I'm going to have the same cliffhanger for a second week in a row. It would appear that it's leading that way, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm also concerned that this episode is called Kidnapping, yet no one has been kidnapped yet. Well, that's going to happen to Susan exactly now, I'm sure. One, two, three. Or Barbara. Nope. Well, maybe she's going to get kidnapped. If she gets kidnapped, who gives a stuff, if I'm perfectly honest? Oh, it oh. is. Oh. There we go. Wow. That is... <laughs> wow. Really scraping the barrel for what to call that episode then, weren't they? If it was literally the last three seconds of the episode. What else would you call it? Because Booker All Happens. Yeah, that's, that's a good title, you know. Booker All Happens. That can just be a title of the entire serial, in all honesty. Um, dear. I thought it'd be I thought it'd be Barbara getting sort of beamed down to a point and straight into a trap. That would have been a kidnapping nope. that I would have cared about. Instead, it's just <laughs> random space woman who was supposed to care about her deep relationship with a guy who was insane until ten minutes ago. Um, I don't know. So yes, <laughs> episode. Four. I think the cliffhangers are definitely not as good as they have been in previous stories, have they? No. no. Usually, they have a saving grace to even a bad episode. It's usually ends on a nice cliffhanger, but these are just sort of thrown in just to make it a cliffhanger. And yep. I, you've said that beforehand. And they very you? much feel like afterthoughts. Yeah. You said it yeah. before anyway. It's been plotted out in its entirety, and then we've tried to find places we can break it in. And Miss yeah. is coyly struggling to find places to break it up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the, I, I I will stand by my thought that I think the doctor's much better. I think the doctor is definitely doctorish now. He's yeah. doing doctory things, and I like that. It's yeah, he's becoming him... like like a doctor, you know, like a real doctor, not just you know the doctor. He's, yes. Um, he's actually doing sciencey stuff. He's reading the party. He's he's coming up with deductions. I like it. I mean, even in, in this utter utter awful. Um, narrative he's doing well um, <laughs> is there any other saving graces we can pick out of this episode it's the second to last episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the weird thing is there's nothing overtly overtly terrible there's just nothing that's above bad is it apart from the yeah. doctor and maybe Susan um yeah, <laughs> it's just bland. I mean, yeah, that's I'd, a good way of, good take, way of putting it. Yeah, I take a thousand silly keys of Marinus episodes to this, um, with rope bridges and knights and jungles and God knows what. I love that. Well, stuff. no, I'm glad that we don't have rope bridges anymore. Well, I'm sick know. and tired of rope bridges and chasms, and but I fear we're going to get that in the aqueducts. <laughs> Well, it's built up to this aqueduct. This is a big sort of set piece of the entire story, isn't it? We've been bumbling around the city for two episodes doing nothing. I mean... It's going to be such an anticlimax, I can tell. Well, episode five did nothing. That's the thing. There's nothing that changed apart from the evil guy got promoted, and that's it. That's just like a that's just like a October Thursday, isn't it? <laughs> 
nothing to, to push the plot forward. So something has it all has to tie up now in the final story, in the final episode, which is a desperate venture. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I'm gonna need like an M Night Shyamalan twist to make this redeemable. <laughs> <laughs> I think a desperate adventure is is a nice way to call our um, yeah. our unge to the um, to the finish line of this particular story. Um, yeah, it's a good it's a good title for the episode anyway yeah. because it's just a desperate adventure to get this just done. Just to get to the end. <laughs> she just like shout her head off and they would run away. Yeah, exactly. I thought they were scared of loud noises, as the doctor quite yeah. adequately pointed out before. So Susan should be perfect to defeat her. Susan's like a, a WMD to. <laughs> That's a shit letter. Oh. oh, Barbara's back. She has got a tan, hasn't she? <laughs> Look at that. Barbara's got a full-on tan. She's been to Spain for a fortnight. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame her, actually. No. This, is, this is a good story to duck out of. Jigging around. <laughs> around. <laughs> oh my gosh. Getting jiggy with it. That was such a Newfoundland thing to say. Really? Oh my gosh, Jigging, yes. jigging, jigging around, around with something. It. Yes, we use wow. jigging all the time. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like the set. It's better than, like, the generic caves that we've had in the yeah. past. So yeah, it's the types in the background and things, yeah. Why does Ian look like he's going to swat a great big fly right here, rolling the paper up? <laughs> the monsters are men. She can steal the agamemnumumnumum. Yes! <laughs> 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 that still stays. The burnt orange sky and the silver trees is in Gareth Raven now. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, bit... a bit of mythology woven in there. Yeah, a nice little tidbit. Mm. Probably the best part of the episode. Mm. Why are these men acting like cavemen? Because we're back to the first episode, I think. Oh. It's probably going to be <laughs> talks about fire. <laughs> Number one, it's Riker. <laughs> is it weird that the I just walk around the... in a circle here because that sets the same one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And is it weird that the acting of those two people is just actually even worse than the sensorites? They're more alien than the sensorites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if that's the point of it's just bad acting. It's just overacting, which is possible. I think everyone's flubbed a line now, haven't they? Yeah, it looks like people just have stopped caring a long time ago. I know the actual disease is, it's, it's heart noisms. <laughs> it's infectious, it's infectious. The fork. <laughs> the fork is real. The power of a fork. Use oh, the forks. <laughs> he forked him up really badly, didn't he? <laughs> what about the evil guy who's still the elder? I think he said that he's going to exile him to the wake. Oh, oh, when did that happen? 
<laughs> off screen. All right. <laughs> this is very anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, a change of heart very quickly there. A change of heart, brackets, no. What? That's the doctor acting crazy. Suddenly he just went, no, yep, right, thank you. You think I'm rubbish? I'll drop you off. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, that's that. excellent. What a bloody strange way to end it. Well, I what? thought it was kind of going to be like one of those like dad joke kind of things where like, you know, yeah. he, like maybe, he's just, maybe he was planning on taking them back to Earth anyway. And like, this is just his like funny way of, of doing that. But at the same time, he snapped so quickly. I'm thinking that's probably not the case. That has been written by someone else because that must have been because the season finale is next. And we're like, well, we want him back on Earth. I mean, it sort of seemed like a finale. So he's like, okay, so we'll just quickly write in something that causes him to want to drop them off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I believe, anyway. Um, that was that was the weirdest episode six or final episode we've had yet because it was just the most anticlimactic episode yet, I think, wasn't it? Oh, it's just bad. <laughs> I mean... Uh, what was the monster that was making the roaring noise in the tunnels? Was it the men? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. How? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They, they, ate, they probably ate a lot of, you know, beans or something. <laughs> what tore the doctor apart? You know, when he had all his clothes ripped and stuff, was it just one of the men did it? And why did the doctor not realise it was a man doing it? There's questions. Questions I have lots of answers to. Why the whole thing about that villain who became a second elder? Was uh, was hatching nefarious plans, and all of a sudden he just gets dealt with off screen. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> so what was the point of all that if you're not going to actually show it being solved? <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. Good points, guys. Good points. Uh, well, I think that the best parts of the episode are well, Hartnell as a doctor. Mm. Yeah, it definitely works. It is getting into the role, so it's developing, you know, the usual mannerisms and the, uh, the, the thing. character. Yeah, it becomes it takes pretty much every actor who plays a doctor a bit of time to get settled into what their personality is going to be. I think we found what Hartnell's is going to be now. Whether that's what we want <laughs> or not isn't a matter, but he, he seems to have found a rhythm at least, doesn't he? Yeah, this very quirky, kind of insane old man who's throttled around. Yeah. And, you know. A little bit of a precursor <laughs> to Doc Brown in a way, isn't he? In many ways, not just the hair and the, and the crazy eyes, but it's sort of yeah. an approach, yeah? Yeah, I get that. Mm. And that's, not, yeah. that's not a bad thing. <laughs> also, also another, another good thing, or good-ish at mm. least, is that Susan... She's growing too. She's getting. I think they're trying to set up a character arc. Mm. Well, she's. Sort yeah. Of, she seems to be maturing. I mean, at the end when she said she wants to find a place to settle down and and yeah, yeah, that's sort of weighing down a hint that, or two, isn't it? But she is might. That, be, yeah, yeah. We're not going to see her next season, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. Weighing <laughs> a hint or two down, possibly. Um, but I think if if the development continues and when she does leave, it'll be better. And you know, if she'd all left two stories ago, we'd have been laughing at her. Good riddance to bad rubbish. <laughs> Hopefully, we can the development will grow. Um, Caroline, Andy, anything else you can add that's impressed you? 
Good things about it. Yes. Yeah, good good things about it. Um, It's only a six-episode arc, not a seven-episode arc. Yes, that was good. (laughs) That was much, much needed. It'd have been better stuff if it was a (laughs) (laughs) four-parter. I mean, yeah. It saved a budget. Yeah, I mean, it's a long arc for what it is, I think. Hmm. Like, I, there's just there's not a whole lot of, of things going on there, and it's very, I don't know. Like, they're not my favorite aliens we've met so far. Not even close. No. <laughs> they're a little bit ridiculous in, in both their, like, I guess, um, purpose and their appearance. Yeah. It's just, but. It's laughable, I mean, it's not made any better by how they act, is it? It's, it's no. like they look silly, but the Daleks look silly, but they're better by the character that they bring to it. But since that's work silly and act silly and that's just no. It's just too much. Yeah. And also there's a lot of political talk about sensible society which Sash isn't really Yeah, which isn't really interesting. So pseudo even, Boy Scouts rubbish, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, even Yeah. The, the, the most stupid part is that they can't tell each other apart if they change the style. Because I can understand I can understand if they just wanted to fool the doctor and the others, because you say, "Oh, you know, those those aliens can't tell us apart," which is Casual kind of a good job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if they themselves can can't tell each other apart, I don't know how that works. How how can their society be working? I don't know. It's just. It's just... Yeah, villains with humans is an interesting concept, but it can be done a hell of a lot better than, <laughs> than that. A hell of a lot better than that, because I just didn't care. At that point, I'd literally lost hope. I mean, when the villains were revealed, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I think you sort of heading in this direction, Karen, is that the previous stories that have been six parts or seven parts were the Daleks and Marco Polo. At least we had a sense of scale about them, didn't we? I mean, they went on too often, yeah. but they were huge. They were big stories. This was a six-parter. Did it need to be a six-parter? Not even close. There was nothing there that couldn't have been condensed down, massively condensed down. I think condensed down to zero would have been ideal. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I don't know. There's not much else to do other than to give it our usual thumb ratings of the two thumbs up, <laughs> one thumb up, one thumb down, or two thumbs down. And we'll start with Andy on this one. Two down. Reasoning being, <laughs> I just couldn't care less, really. I was a bit more. I was a bit more positive than you guys at the halfway point, but. Mm. Yeah, because you had no. that moment where you thought, actually, it's all right, isn't it? You had one of your revelatory yeah. moments, and then but we, just, no, we just, just beat you down. <laughs> today, today's done nothing for me, so two down, I'm afraid. Been, yeah. Um, Andrew? Yeah, I have to agree. It's basically two down for me as well. It's a pointless story. There is no real plot. There is There are no interesting characters. There is no real interesting message. There is no suspense. No, no meaning to this. It's just basically a throwaway story. Just basically that saying, yeah, we will give you this. This is an episode. This happens. It's an exercise in futility over the course of six weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty damning verdict, Andrew. Cohen, you're going to give it two thumbs up now, aren't you? <laughs> 
I mean, like, I like to be a positive person. I really do. But I just can't. I mean, I'm I'm going to go two thumbs down on this one, too. And it's not just a case of wanting to kind of follow the herd. It's, it's because, honestly, genuinely, I've seen both bad and good from Doctor Who at this point in time. Like, it's not like in the beginning where you're kind of hesitant because, like, oh, what if what if it gets worse or what if it gets better? You don't really want to give away the the high or the low ratings right out of mm. the gate. Um, but no, I'm very ready to to go right ahead and two thumbs down this. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah. You've been broken down to such a level now where you think no. I mean, you broke the Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Peter R. Newman, see what you've done, sir. See what you've done. Um, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yes, he Clearly. I don't think he actually writes for Doctor Who again, and it's not overly surprising. Um, I am going to, I mean, I even said, I even credited a different writer when we first started this story, um, which shows how much he entered into the Whovian consciousness. Uh, I'm going to have to say it's two thumbs down for me because this is the first story that has actively bored me from yeah. episode one to episode six. And I am more in tune, I would say, because I've been watching Classic Who, obviously, a lot longer than you guys, to the sort of plodding nature of it at times. This wasn't plodding, this was dull. This was deathly dull from start to finish. There was no, um, like Andrew said, there was no stakes involved. The villains were terrible, the allies were terrible. The main cast were wasted, apart from the Doctor, who was all right, but he wasn't enough to you say. You know what? Him. If they were wasted, it would have made a more interesting episode. Mm, yeah. <laughs> if we'd have been wasted, it would have made a much more interesting episode. Um, I think he would, would have laughed at Eddie Sess, right? It's just dull. I mean, the other story I gave the low score to was The Edge of Destruction, because that was bad. That was really actively bad. But that was entertaining in its badness because it was stupid and crazy and mad and it was it was your eyes were still drawn to it because you didn't know what the hell was going to happen next and this my eyes were drawn to everywhere apart from the screen because it was that boring um so yeah it's a two thumbs down so a unanimous two thumbs down which i think might be the first time that's ever happened um for the sensorites and coming off the aztecs was a unanimous two thumbs up that's yeah. a huge drop off oh, in quality, weird. isn't it? Um, so we have one one final story left in series one. Uh, we have the cliffhanger there, which was the Doctor threatening to throw him off a ship at the next venture, the next juncture, the next time they land on a planet. But it's presumably <laughs> Earth, he's going to throw them off. For no reason, he just took a joke that, the doctor, that Ian said really badly, and he's going to throw them off. So, um, yeah, but quite sporadic the episode type was all under fear but have you got any speculations for a reveal what the story is called and is about um at this point do we reckon what do we reckon do we reckon we're gonna land on earth nazis oh interesting oh interesting that's the fear aspect right there yeah not the, the the land of the age of fear or the land, the land of, fear? of fear oh Okay, because if the, it's the age of fear, the first thing that came to my mind is the, the age of terror, you know, mm. after the French Revolution. Mm. Well, oh my god. Yeah. Cohen? The, those are both very great historical thoughts. I have nothing like that to offer here, other than I was like, ah, he's just going to take them back to the time they're actually from, and like... <laughs> have a story in 1963. You want shady to... stuff is going to go down. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Andrew, take a bow, son. Take a bow, son, because... 
the story title is The Reign of Terror, and we're going to the French Revolution. <laughs> How the oh hell, man? How the hell? <laughs> well done, oh. sir. Well done. Oh. Really? Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> with that knowledge, knowing that it is going to be The Reign of Terror, what are your thoughts on that? Is, is, it, it, is it written by? Is it written by someone that we've still had before? I am going to check before I say anything. Before I credit someone incorrectly, like I did last time. Um, this is by um, a writer called Dennis Spooner. I believe as this is his first story. This is his first story. Oh, that worries me. Um, I feel the same me. way. <laughs> Is this the last arc then? This is the last story of the season, of season oh, one, yes. It's six-parter. Right, okay. Again. And unfortunately a couple of episodes have been lost as well. Only a few though, so we've got some. Yeah, um, four episodes are intact and two episodes okay. are missing. So it's not okay. too bad. Um, I don't think there's many that are actually completely lost. I think there's like one more story that's completely lost. And the rest are bits and pieces. Um, but yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's French Revolution. It is by a writer that's new. Um, Dennis Spooner. But yeah, yeah. What do we reckon? Tentative thoughts? I, I'm not going to get my hopes up, but I don't know. It'd be nice to go out with a bang, wouldn't it? Yeah. The it really would. The historicals haven't been bad so far, have they? So. No, you're right. You're right. Because they've got a bit more to play with, really, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. We'd have yeah. wished it had been John Rucarotti because his historicals have been stunning. <laughs> but sadly, he couldn't turn around for these stories in a year. Um, so it's, it's someone else. But let's see how it goes. Um, so, yeah, that was the sense of rights. Uh, I hope some of you out there in the Twitterverse enjoyed it more than, uh, more than we did. Uh, let us know why, because we're scratching our heads over here. Um, <laughs> I'll be along in a second to give all the contact details in case you do. And we shall see you next week in 18th century France, where I think we have a date with Madame Guillotine. So that will be much more exciting. Uh, in Moanda Fear. See you then, guys. Excellent. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Time Travellers, a smorgasbord podcast with Pete D. Gaskell, Andy Johannesson, Carolyn Forward and Dr. Andrew Corvero. Feel free to rate, review and subscribe us on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you have found us on. Uh, you're obviously under the smorgasbord feed, so use that. Also, you can find us on Twitter at smorgasbordpod, where you can join in the polls for each particular episode, and I hope you do. You can also uh, follow Carolyn at CarIwis4 and Andy at Krafwa. We're also on Instagram at SmorgasbordPod. And you can email us your thoughts at SmorgasbordPod at gmail.com. We'll be doing this all the way from 1963 right through to the present day and beyond. So we hope you have a whole ride. Um, watch along with us. Tweet along with us. Get involved, get communicating, and who knows? We might even want you to come on and guest with us for a particular episode of your choice if you get in touch with us now. So please do that. We are also potentially covering various other forms of media. So who knows? If there's a particular book or audio play that you enjoy, there is Doctor Who. 
get in touch again. We are, as I've said, part of a smorgasbord network. That is my personal pride and joy. Uh, we do the main show, this smorgasbord, which is all sorts of random mayhem disguising itself as a normal podcast. It's weird news mainly, and it's fun, and it's crazy. We also have a variety of all kinds of new shows that will be starting up over the course of the next few months. So keep your eye on the feed, there's plenty to get involved in, plenty to review, plenty to rate, plenty to subscribe for. And until next time, this is Pete D. Gaskell. We were the Time Travellers. See you in time. <laughs>